Hello, and welcome to the latest FT Advisor podcast with me, Simini Kuriaku, Senior Editor of FT Advisor. Recently, we've been discussing whether the housing market is kaput. Brokers, lenders and landlords alike have all highlighted various inefficiencies in housing policy and potential headwinds that continue to blow first-time buyers off course. For example, just under one in three house sales are falling through, according to one study published earlier this month. And while some opine that ditching a fancy coffee could help youngsters put together a deposit, the facts remain that at approximately £53,000, the average deposit would equate to a dangerous amount of coffee consumption before one gave it up to start saving. Thank goodness I'm already on the housing ladder and I can carry on with my coffee. Here to talk through all these things and more are Jeff Garrett, Managing Director of Henry Donnell, and Samantha Bickford, Mortgage and Equity Release Specialist at Clarity Wealth Management. Welcome to you both. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. But first, to kick us off, we're going to hear a short report from Callum Kapoor of FT Advisor. Callum, over to you. Hi, Simone. As we come out of the pandemic and the lockdown era, hopefully returning to normal, are we seeing house prices screech out the last of its growth in the UK? As wild data for February shows that on average, house prices have risen by 10.9% over the year. The monthly price change for a property in the UK was 0.5%. The current loss of living is a major factor in consumer demand, as some economists have speculated that the UK is heading for the worst cost of living crisis since the 1950s. Energy prices have increased by 54%. The average band D council tax bill has increased by 3.5% in England. On average, water bills are going to increase by 1.7% in England and Wales. On top of this, fuel prices have increased to record high levels. As consumer pockets get tighter, the less likely it is for potential home buyers to be able to save for a deposit on a mortgage. These small monthly increases in house price growth, coupled with the consumer price index rising by 7%, one could argue that the value of houses are in fact decreasing in some areas, leaving property investors worried as to whether houses are indeed a good long-term strategy for combating inflation. Estate agents have blamed the increasing house prices on a lack of supply, but one must consider that inflation also extends to the cost of building these houses. Yet, end of the help to buy scheme is on the horizon, and recent data shows that the scheme consisted of 43% of housing completions in 2020. With the end of the help to buy scheme in sight, will there be decreases in housing demand and eligibility, or even further reductions in supply? 95% mortgages have been back for a while, but this, coupled with the cost of living, poses questions as to whether we will start to see a further increase in mortgage defaults in the coming years. For those who are on fixed rate mortgages, they should be safe from rising interest rates. That is, until their time is up, so to speak. On top of this, the Bank of England is in conversation to withdraw the affordability test, one of two required criteria that a potential home buyer must pass before taking on a mortgage, possibly allowing more people to take on mortgages, or for those who previously would not have been eligible to receive a mortgage, now would be. Thank you very much, Callum. Indeed, plenty to think about there. So, panel, having heard our report and given your own experience, do you say the housing market is broken? Samantha, can I start with you, please? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think it's certainly got some definite cracks in it. Um, undoubtedly, the report that you've just read out creates concern amongst borrowers and industry professionals. Um, and I think we all need to be 
resilient and adapt to the changing market to continue to provide solutions um, and see what we can all pull together to do this. Um, Of course, the limited supply and strong demand is going to continue to pose problems for the industry. Um, And until something is done to fix this supply and demand issue, um, I think it's likely to continue. Um, I think we're heading in the right direction with some attempts to fix it. Um, Government with affordable housing solutions, lenders with their flexible deals, um, lower cost, longer term fixed rate deals, I think is very important for first time buyers wanting some budget stability. Um, and brokers, I think it's so important now. It's not the time for clients to be looking for their own deals. Um, it's valuable advice. It's absolutely crucial in the industry right now. Jeff, I saw you nodding there. What would what would you be your take on this? Yeah, I think that the housing market. There, there are clearly issues with the housing market uh, and the way that it's structured. The structure of it is as it has been for many years, and and there's been lots of criticism over the years about how you know the the uh, there's certainly in England and Wales, anyway, the way that the, the market is structured in the process of buying a home. Uh, there are so many external factors, though, which we have to bring into play uh, at this moment. I think it's um, to find a solution to make it uh, a perfect uh, a housing market is impossible. I don't think that exists. Um, and I think fundamentally, um, the process at the moment, as it is, probably works um, to a degree, but I think where where the issues are going to come are going to be from the uh, the, the rising cost of um, of living cu- coupled with interest rate rises which are on the horizon, and that is going to pose a, a, a threat uh, to people's affordability and maintenance of, of their their current situations. We talk at the moment about a lack of supply in the market. That's definitely propping prices up. Um, but if people start to struggle, then you may see a, a changing uh, in the, the supply of property to the market, which will obviously have an impact on on prices. So I, I think we're at a very, very delicate point uh, right now in the cycle. Yeah, we had that sort of uh, huge rush to, to buy and sell last year, didn't we, when we had the stamp duty uh, a holiday what what has been the sort of the long-term uh, effect of that has it caused like a false blip in demand is 2021 just going to be a, a a blip on the radar or is that something that might continue might we still see people still desiring to buy homes jeff i i, I think it i mean it certainly was a, there was a huge spike in demand and, and and there was an element of panic caused by the sort of 30, the first the 30th of june deadline of last year and then the september 30th deadline where the, the stamp duty was still reduced, although not as much as it had previously been, um, and that was it, it. Did cause a big spike in the in the market, but I would I wouldn't say that it's necessarily quelled demand going forward. I think the the market has changed a little bit in terms of um, how you know. More my my perception is that the market will change a little bit in terms of the. Uh, demand for urban properties, which went slightly out of vogue during the, the sort of pandemic, with this sort of rush to, you know, people leaving the sort of urban areas to, and going to, to country uh, locations. I think that's going to start coming back the other way as as, as life begins to normalise and people realise that actually the urban living situation is probably, in many ways. Um, more convenient for them so I, I can see that bit being a change but yeah I think um, I think in terms of the demand that we're seeing at the moment in the market it's, it's still 
very, very high. But that is, I do think that's probably driven still by um, by a low interest rate environment and a, a lack of supply of property. And people probably having sat on their hands a little bit through the pandemic, waiting on a sort of watch and wait basis. So yeah, I think it's. Um, I think the demand is still there, but it's it's a question whether that's that's still the same situation twelve months out. Yeah, sure. Samantha, have have you been seeing that? Has it been quite watch and wait for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the I think the stamp duty holiday did cause a bit of a false economy where buyers rushed to take advantage and sellers chanced it really with the higher prices thanks to the demand um, but like you said I do think this does seem to be continuing um, of course not due to the stamp duty holiday which has now ended but the actual supply and demand issue that we have um, it seems to be in place I think throughout the year we may see a slower growth um, towards the end of the year um, but I certainly don't think we'll see a fall um, which I think is so important for our first-time buyers who took the sort of high end of their borrowing, 95% borrowing capacity. Um, we need to keep them safe because a fall in property prices would be so detrimental to them where they've maxed out their borrowing capacity, especially with the cost of living increasing. And I think that is a huge worry. Yeah, and we haven't seen that sort of negative equity in this, in, in any big uh, big capacity since like the early 1990s and now I think you know we're having a whole generation or maybe even two generations of property buyers who may sort of end up in that situation but um, you know you, you said that there may be a, a slowdown in, in house prices I mean it, what what needs to happen Samantha for house prices or prices of homes I should say to become more affordable yeah um I think we do need a slower growth for 2022 um due to inflation obviously the cost of living rate rises um but nonetheless um, I think there will be a growth um we need a reduced amount um buy to let landlords selling um off their properties could potentially help with this um obviously they, as we know they've been really squeezed in terms of the regulation and taxes on them um so I personally have found a lot of buy-to-let landlords um, in our local area selling off their properties, um, which, of course, increases the supply in um, our local town. So that is really important to match the demand for more stock to be available in the UK. Um, I think for house prices to be more affordable, um, the government needs to be building more properties um, with the end of the help to buy coming to an end. Um, I wonder whether they'll come up with another solution for that. Um, yeah, we just need the supply to outweigh the demand at the moment, I think, towards the end of the year for us to get more on an even queue. I think the rate rises will help with that. Um, but yeah, I think it is a concern. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but what do you think, Jeff? What does the government need to, to do to kind of meet these housing targets? I mean, since the 2004 Barker review, we've been talking about the need for more housing and it just isn't there. No, I mean, look. I mean, you've, you've got a the target is, is 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 a pretty stiff target, isn't it? And they're falling miles short, and have done for years and years and years. So I don't think it's you know this isn't a new thing. I think we've got a a real problem in the market in terms of building new homes. Uh, in terms of the controls, are they building the homes that the market really needs? Uh, I think we've got a, a construction industry which is dominated by. Uh, some very very big players, and they, and it's not a very broad. It's not you know there's not a um, those, those institutions, if you like, are very profit focused. They're not aligned necessarily with what local authorities would want to see, um, and the local authorities are not really in a position to to build property in the way that they did 
many, many years ago, sort of in the post-war years. So um, yeah, I think the number of council houses that are now built on an annual basis is is, is amazingly small, something like 3,000 a year. Uh, so I think it's, um, you know, it's a question of working out what is the what is the requirement, where is the need, and how that need is going to be met uh, with the right type of stock. And I, and I think um, whilst you've got a lot of private sector um, builders looking to, you know, clearly they're, they're there to make profit and they're looking to build properties which are, um, you know, suitable for them for their ends, if you like. Um, but then we have to also have the planning and, and the local authorities have got to be pretty stringent in, in what their demands are uh, when it comes to uh, allowing the planning. So uh, there's a huge amount that has to change. It's not going to be, you know, it's a whole string of um, domino effects effect, uh, that I, I would suggest needs to happen for this to um, to be mended. So it's, it's, yeah, that side of things is is clearly way out of kilter. But do local authorities even have the budgets? I mean, if we look at um, housing building statistics in the sort of the 50s, 60s and 70s, local authority provided by far and above the lion's share of all uh, new builds. Yeah. Um, and then along comes the the right to buy in 1980s. And suddenly yeah. you just see this sea change. And I don't know if there are other policies that were enacted in the 1980s um, that, that causes, but suddenly we're just seeing a whole new swathe of private constructors taking over the the house building mantle and local authorities just not doing anything i, I don't know is it a budget thing or is it just that they're not prioritizing this uh, samantha should local authorities be doing more can they be doing more absolutely um i mean i think they're very restricted um i know they have a lot of restrictions on how they can use the money that they raise from the sales of the right to buy property so when the tenants buy um, their property via the right to buy scheme um the local authorities are very restricted on how they can use the money they make from that sale um you know and they ideally they should use that to invest in building new properties um, but i believe the restrictions should be lifted to enable them to invest in more property building um also they're very limited on again the funds that they have available where they spend them so um they're currently having to use that on improving the properties they currently have available making them more energy efficient um improving the existing stock um which of course is important but we need more stock um and i think the government needs to support the local authorities more um to build more homes yeah absolutely maybe starting to use more brownfield sites um has been moved to so many times in parliament but, um I mean, these are policy. These are big policy decisions. I guess that's uh, something far beyond uh, beyond our remit. But um, Jeff, if if you could give um, advisors and sort of first time buyers any advice, what what would it be for this this coming year? Well, I think the most important thing is that you've you've got to assert, you know budget is a huge uh, huge thing that they've got to consider. Uh, they've got to look at the cost of living. They've got to look at the uh, how far the mortgage uh, that they're looking to take out is going to stretch them. I think they've got to look beyond uh, the cost of funding um, their mortgage um, payments. I think they've got to look be- beyond that to the a- and actually project forward what things are likely to cost at the end of this year compared to even now. We're seeing the price of, uh, you know, the fuel is a huge impact. Is that going to be something that's going to be here to stay? Uh, or is it something that is going to... Um, be fixed and you know the uh, the inflation uh, or the fuel price 
uh, is going to start declining, which would make things more affordable. I think you've got to assume that's not going to happen uh, at this stage if you're if you're buying a property. But I think the um, it's the ancillary costs really that uh, and the threat of uh, interest rate increases, particularly if you're locking in a, a mortgage at a high loan to value. The rates are going to be more expensive anyway, um, and your options in terms of whether you go for you know, a shorter term fixed rate over a longer term fixed rate needs to be considered. There's a huge amount of unknowns right now that they have to take into account. So it's it's a really difficult process, you know, when they're considering whether they're to buy for the first time or indeed continuing to rent. Because again, the rental market is, your property is, is just disappearing as soon as it comes on the market. It's gone. I mean, there's such a, a, a lack of supply there as well. So that's incredibly expensive. So it's really, budget is going to be the key key driver. And that's what people need to really, really consider and be really responsible um, for their own uh, decision making and not just rely upon what a bank will say they can afford. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Samantha, what, what are you telling your clients? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with everything you said there, Jeff. Um, I just think it's so important that clients find an independent held market mortgage broker at this stage. Um, I think going straight to your bank um, and just passing their initial affordability assessments um, is just one step in the process. Um, I think to have um, an advisor assess all of their affordability and have a real honest human conversation with them about is this affordable to you now? Will this be affordable to you at the end of the year? Will it be affordable in five years' time? Um, is is absolutely key. I mean, we're not even seeing the ONS data yet for the fuel price rises. So once that's in place, the affordability is going to be so much tighter. Um, and it may well be that clients squeeze through the gaps now um, before that is assessed. Um, but then by the end of the year, they're going to find themselves struggling. So I think it's really important that they're very, very careful and think very carefully about what their outgoings will look like by the end of this year. Indeed. Excellent. A, a very interesting point to end on. So sadly, that is all we have time for, but it is clear there's a need for some positive policy changes to improve the housing market for borrowers, renters and buy-to-let investors alike. Samantha and Jeff, thank you very much for joining us. Thank Pleasure. You. Thank you. And thank you, Callum, for your report. Thank you so much. Until next time, take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.